The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you for joining us on yet another program, Afternoons with Mike, here on the Shepherd Radio Network. With me today on the phone, this is going to be a lot of fun, a person that has been featured on a lot of news stories, on a lot of programming. For example, James Dobson's Family Talk program. She's been on NBC, Fox News, ChristianityDaily.com, TheToday.com. Uh, she's been all over the place. She is a speaker, uh, also known as America's number one mom coach. Now, that is in itself a title that is quite amazing. My guest today, Hannah Keeley, another Virginian. Welcome, Hannah. I am so excited to be here, Mike. This is awesome. Well, it is great to have you, and our listeners span all of Central Florida. So we have Orlando, we have Ocala, and the Villages. We have Gainesville, a delightful city. I spent 17 years there. Uh, this whole area, uh, there's a lot of people who are very interested in everything that I know you have at, the, at your very heart level, and that is uh, how to be a good mom. What do moms face? Uh, what What about the marriage? So many people, uh, they, they feel stuck. They feel mired. They lack let's say, vision and maybe some creativity. And I know you speak to all those things. So this is going to be a fun show. And I'd like to begin by you telling us how you got to where you are, first of all, in your faith with the Lord. And then how did you break into this whole thing about being a mom's coach? Oh, my goodness, Mike. Okay, let me let me rewind the tape. There's so much. Because um, you know how the journey is, ups and downs and hills and valleys. And, and going back, um, I think, well, I, I God always had a call on my life, on my life since the age I was nine. Like, I totally was, um, I knew that he was calling me to go into ministry, to serve him, glorify him. Didn't know what that looked like. Of course, not as a nine-year-old, right? I'm still playing with Barbies. Well, actually, I sometimes still do, but that's beside the point. But uh, so anyway, <laughs> I remember this one day, Mike, when um, I only had a few kids at the time. I have seven kids. They're all adults, um, got grandkids now. But I remember this day. I had a few kids, and um, my life had just gone from bad to worse. I had all the dreams when I got married, got married my uh, college sweetheart, had the dreams of the perfect home. I was going to have the perfect kids. And and a few years down the road, my life did not look like this. And this one day, I will never forget, I was walking into my bedroom and I was carrying a load of laundry with a full intent to just, you know, place it on top of the other seven loads that were sitting right there on the floor that were waiting to be folded by the magical folding fairy that I still <laughs> right. haven't met yet. That is also called mom, <laughs> usually, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So mom was waiting on the folding fairy, right? <laughs> right. And so there's this pile of laundry. And that day I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror that uh, we had at the end of our bedroom. And um, I have... I looked so old to be so young and I had gained a bunch of weight, 
we were um, wearing my husband's clothes. I didn't have time for a shower, dirty hair pulled back in a ponytail. Um, and, and we, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about even the thing that we, piece of furniture with a mirror on it, we had to declare bankruptcy. That was taken. We had loans on it. We had no money. We were paying, trying to pay one, one creditor by owing another credit. It was just horrible. And to, to beat all of that, I was really struggling with depression and anxiety. And if you've never had that, I hope you never do. But it is for a mom, especially debilitating, because it's not just us we're trying to, you know, manage just our kids, too. And that day, Mike, I just, like, crashed on the floor on mm, top of that yeah. laundry pile. I'm bawling my eyes out. Like, not – it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like a good movie scene. It was, like, ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, Messy. Uh, where you can't yeah. tell the tears from the snot, you know? Yeah, right. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there praying to God, God, please, this is not the life I know you want me to live. You promised me an abundant life, a life of freedom, a life of joy. And here I am feeling trapped, anxious, overwhelmed, frustrated, depressed. And um, that moment, I was praying to God for a miracle. Like someone come in with a check, you know, that, hey, you just won this, you know, sweepstakes and you have $100,000 to pay off your debt or someone to come in and get, get me in shape or someone to come in and clean my house. And I'll never forget, I heard the voice of God in, in my heart. And he said, get up and fold your laundry. Now, Mike, that is not what I wanted to hear. Oh, no. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I just, that was the most counterintuitive thing. That was the one thing I did not want to do. I wanted a miracle. I wanted a fix, you know, that instant fix that would change my life. But I realized, you know, there is a way that seems right onto men and onto moms. And in the end thereof, there is surely death. So it's like, okay, my ways have not worked out for me. So... I decided that one day to do something I hadn't done before, and that was just to operate in obedience. And, Mike, I'm not just sharing this with you and your beautiful audience about to share a story about me. It's also a story about every single mom out there because the way to get to the miracle or to the breakthrough or to what you're believing for is always going to be counterintuitive because if you already knew it, you would be doing it, right? Right. Yeah, and that's. So I think that's true. true for everybody. If we, oh, you yeah. know, I had one friend told me, he said, "Well, you would have done better if you could have," and <laughs> it wasn't all that encouraging in the moment. But as I thought about it, you know, that's really what a person says. I when they say, "I did my best." Sometimes yeah. our best, we feel is woefully short of what we wanted to do. But nevertheless, uh, the only way we could have done something better is if we'd been in a better place, if we'd been mm. more gifted, if I had better ideas. Uh, but yeah. as it was, I was doing the best with what I had at that moment. And I think so that is a lot of people's blight right there. You're right. It is so good. And if we can be merciful with the, the past version of ourselves. But also we get to this place where we can stay in our path and stay with our own safety net. No, this is what I do. This is what I know to do. Or we can listen to wisdom that is out 
outside of our current resources that that the Holy Spirit will always allow us to have access to and do that thing that seems the most unfamiliar, the most counterintuitive. I was used to just dropping off my laundry and waiting and waiting and waiting and pulling out clean underwear and all that kind of stuff or trying to match socks. And I was like, you know, it hasn't worked. I'm going to do the one thing that's counterintuitive. And that day, I won't say everything changed, but that day set me up on a pattern that led me to where I am today, that I am so grateful to pass me for doing the things she wasn't familiar with, doing the thing that scared her, doing the thing that she didn't want to do, doing the thing that was most counterintuitive, but just doing it. Yeah. And so I know my calling is to help moms in that same spot where it's like, I know my life could be better, or I know my life doesn't have to be this bad. I know there's something else, and that's where I step in. You know, that's a beautiful story, Hannah, and it reminds me of the biblical account of Naaman in the Old Testament who was seeking healing, and that was what he wanted more than anything, (laughs) went to the prophet, and what he's told to do is basically the equivalent of what you were told to do, do the laundry. He was told to just go and bathe in the the river, and he was angry. He was upset, and he He left. He was... His servant even said, dude, if it was hard, yeah. would you would would you have then done it? He's like, dude, just do the easy thing. Like folding a load of laundry is not rocket science, Mike. We yeah, know that. Right. Right, right. But this thing is like, no, it can't be that simple. You know, just like Naaman was like, Yeah, bathe in it three times. Nah, come on, I got better I got better lakes where I'm from. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes the simple <laughs> obedience that yeah. that's really what it takes. And in that moment, the Lord wasn't wanting to make sure you knew how to accomplish folding laundry. It was, are you <laughs> going to obey him? Oh, you preaching now, fella. You preaching. That was good. Like, will you just obey me? And the thing is, like, for example, with our university, like we make it so simple. Just get it, get the training, get the coaching, get the camaraderie, get the support. And sometimes it's like, well, it can't be that easy. What if it is? What if, why would, why would Jesus say, take my yoke upon you? It is easy and it will give you rest and then make it hard. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. We have a hard time believing that, don't we? Take my yoke upon you. I think, you know, Mike, I think it's because we're so taught and indoctrinated by our culture that of the hustle and grind mentality. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's, it's to a detriment. So people will work themselves into oblivion. Like I, I coach a lot of people who build very successful businesses. So I'm, and I'm like, look, I will tell you before I even coach you, if I see you getting into the hustle grind, I will stop coaching you right then because it's going to be through the power in you, which is God almighty, or it's not going to happen at all. Because even here's what happens. Even if you do hit the mark, you're miserable. Yeah. That's right. Nothing, nothing sustainably joyful and abundant outside of that relationship with God. Well, I want to come back to the story in a moment, but I think what you just said right there bears pause because this is why we hear so many, why well, I am using air quotes, Hollywood stories of people who seemingly had everything going for them. They had yeah. all the money that they needed. They had fame. And, you know, for all of those things that they can bring you, these people so often end up taking their own lives or just killing themselves with 
uh, narcotics or whatever, there it doesn't it doesn't satisfy. And the yeah. only thing that does satisfy is when we come to grips with God and his simple words, do the laundry. So let's go back to that. When the Lord spoke to you, and I know you obviously did it because it changed your life. What were some of the things that happened immediately after that very mundane obedience? Well, what happened immediately after that? So I will tell you, my background, I was a behavior therapist before I started having children. And the, the crazy thing, Mike, is that I knew how to help people get results in their life by working with their mind, right? Nothing worked with me. I would do the same thing. Nothing worked with me. And it got me thinking, why is it so different for me? Why am I struggling so much? I should be able, I help other people. I should be able to help myself. And then that's when I started doing a lot of research around the mom brain. Now, after you have a baby, your brain for a woman, it changes anatomically and cognitively. And when I started studying this, I was like, oh my goodness, no wonder I can't finish the task that I start. No wonder I have the negative dialogue going on in my head. No wonder I get so depressed and anxious. Yeah. When I started studying this, I, I, God just like opened my eyes to what was happening in my head. And then I was able to start putting certain strategies to work for me. And they started working for me like crazy pants. And so then I started sharing these with other moms. And that's what led to, you know, my, my podcast, Mom Master University, all those other things is being able to understand maybe we think different as moms and that's not bad, but we know how to work with it so that we can actually become more productive and more joyful. Now, you brought up a, a really interesting point and a side, I guess, effect of having children. I've heard for years moms talk about how that their bodies, their physical anatomical body was changed forever. I mean, the shape and and just even the way you feel changed forever. And we know that postpartum depression is one of the forms of depression that a lot of moms do suffer from yeah. right after a childbirth. But you're talking about now not just the physical body, but the brain. Now, that is something uh, I don't know that I've heard many people talk about the changes of the brain after having children. That's because no one's talking about it. I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm John the Baptist here, a voice crying out in the wilderness. It's like, dude, there are changes that happen. For example, this is just one thing. So after a woman has a baby, what um, she has new set of demands, but also her brain starts to have what's called an expanded cognitive awareness field. All that means is like, you know how when... Like when I'm on my phone and things aren't working right, my kids will be like, mom, let me see your phone. And I hand them my phone and they're like, mom, you have like 120 apps open. Of course it's not working. Okay. So imagine like <laughs> now with a mom, because throughout history, a mom has had to keep her children safe. So God has wired her brain so that now it's not just, she's not just aware of herself, but highly aware of her environment because now she has to watch out for her kids. Yep. And so because of that extreme, like expanded field, it's like her radar is more open. 
that's why she becomes so distracted. It's not that she has an ADHD or attention problems or she can't focus or she has no willpower. It's that now she's highly distracted because her brain is more attuned to all the things happening in her surroundings in order to keep her children safe. Mm. Now, we dump on ourselves and we think, what is wrong with me? I can't focus. I can't stick to a diet. I can't stick to a budget. I can't fish. No. It's just how your brain has changed. So now we need to start working with that instead of dumping on ourselves because of these changes. That's amazing. I've never heard that before. But you're right. I mean, when you think about uh, what you've just said, I think a lot of people become aware of the byproduct of all of that, which is stress. And we're yeah. living in a culture right now where even if they don't know if the people who are suffering from this don't know how to articulate stress as the cause, what you have given them is a physical reason why Things don't work the same way that they used to work. Or in your case, here you're helping other people, but you are being almost inhibited, uh, stopped along the way from even following your own advice. Mm, absolutely. And so I, like, there were no books then. There was no, you know, now we have an entire university for moms. There wasn't that then. And so I was like, I got to figure this out or it's going to get the best of me. And so just by doing my own research into the mom brain and using the strategies that I knew from my background in therapy and in psychology, I started developing these little mom hacks. One of them was um, the inner dialogue in a mom's brain can become so negative because we always are pushing ourselves because there's more required to be done. Wow. So because we can't always hit the mark, often our brain, because we have a very high negative cognitive bias, we'll hear this negative dialogue in our heads. Like, I'm such a loser. I can't pay attention. My kids deserve a better mom. I'm such a bad mom. Like, it's all playing like on autoplay. Yeah. So one thing I had to start doing, and this sounds kind of funny, but I know how to work with the mom brain. That's my shtick. So I would put a whistle around my neck. And I set an alarm on my watch, just before phones even, like I said, an alarm on my watch that would go off every hour. Now I recommend for moms to do it on their phones. When that alarm goes off, catch yourself. What am I thinking? Bring my thoughts back to something that is in line with God's word for me. I am the head and not the tail. I'm the top and not the bottom. I have strength for all things. I abide in Christ. He is my mighty fortress. That's where we're going to stick our thoughts. Otherwise, this negative cognitive bias is just going to run on autoplay all the time and bring you down with it and zap your energy so you can't even fold the laundry. You can't even have the energy to bathe the kids. Now, the whistle around my neck was when I would be aware of the negative thoughts going on in my head, I would blow the whistle. That was my alarm to myself. Wow. What we have to do is we have to break up the pattern. So that's called a pattern interrupt. I'm going to interrupt we you gotta... right there because we're up against a break. This is all great stuff. Ah, well, I'm going to interrupt the pattern. So keep that thought right there. Keep that whistle around your neck and maybe press it up to the lips because we're going to blow that whistle and sound the alarm and hopefully bring some help to some of our listeners today. Hannah Keeley is my guest. I'll be back with her in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn 
Learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people. Visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Hannah Keeley is my guest today. She is America's number one mom coach. And you know, you've already proven, I think, without a shadow of a doubt, to our listeners that you offer great advice and you've opened up this kind of a, a, a kind of a thought process in my mind about number one negativity you mentioned that that's what you were talking about and even putting an alarm a, an hourly alarm that goes off so basically what you were doing when you were doing that and you had the whistle around your neck I want to hear all about what the whistle does but you're basically almost like on a football field where the coach is out there training and retraining and maybe re maybe reorienting the players on that field. That's what you were doing with yourself by all of this hourly kind of examining your heart. Is that right? Absolutely. I had, you know, the battlefield is right there in our brain and moms are just not aware of what is going on in their heads, and they don't know why they're so exhausted physically, why they have such a short fuse with their children. It has nothing to do with them. It's not It's not like a character flaw. It is just how your brain has changed after you had a baby, and you don't know how to adapt to that. Wow. Wow. And and I, I'm betting that there are some changes that might even happen with a dad, because we know that this kind of depression, it's not exclusive to the woman. That There's men who get rather overwhelmed by all of the stuff that goes on with the responsibility of a family and the changes. And, you know, one thing that does happen, too, with a mom, there is that fatigue factor when you start losing that kind of sleep. I don't know any woman that has ever gone through a newborn baby, but what there wasn't some form of deprivation going on. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a cool story about the dad because it's that, but I do want to get to the sleep though. I got a strategy for that too. There was um, this one day I was, I had invited these moms who are in our university, some of our highest performers in our university to come to my house. You know, we were going to hang out there and, and I was treating them to dinner. We were going to, um, you know, spend some time just sharing our insights. And, car pulled up in my driveway and the mom got out, but then her husband got out. I'm like, Oh, I hope wait, I didn't invite the husband. Oh no, I wasn't ready for this. So they come inside and he's like, I'm not staying, but I just had to meet you. And he gave me the biggest hug, Mike. And then he pulled away and he had tears running down his face. He said, thank you so much for giving me my wife back. Wow. And I will never, I mean, we've gotten lots of letters from dads who are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like I thought I was losing her and then she got plugged in and I feel like I have, it's a new marriage, it's a new woman. Like she's going after her dreams. She's an inspiration. Our house has changed. Our whole family's changed. But this, being able to meet him and feel that heart that loves his wife and wants what's best for her, that was so beautiful. Yes. And all of this began with you, with that word that God gave you. And it wasn't like introduction of a burning bush. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't the, the Nile turning red with blood. It wasn't any of those things. It was a no. simple, it was a simple word. Hey, here's what I want you to do. Finish the laundry. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's you that's know what? profound. One of the one of the moms inside our university had a shirt made for me with a laundry basket on it, and it says, "Change." It said, "Fold your laundry, change the world." <laughs> oh, I love it. That is great. Man, and and such a beginning, so, such a humble beginning has made all of this change in you and your life. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. I, I know God is, has received glory. And isn't it funny to think that how much glory God receives from us doing our laundry? I mean, that in itself right there has got to be very encouraging. Because if I've heard one thing from talking to moms as a pastor for years, it's the fact that they often feel like they've lost their spiritual connection because they are so busy being a mom, they're doing all of the things. They are exhausted from caring for the children. And so often moms just get lost in that and start to feel that their relationship with God is over. Yet God clearly was honored and glorified with your story. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and you know, you were right. You mentioned before, I, I definitely want to make sure we help moms here who are listening with that fatigue that exhaustion, because it is a real problem for a lot of moms. Yeah, it really is. And sleeplessness, it it affects the whole family, really. It really does. Like, you just have no energy. And one thing that I help moms, there's two different things that are really strategic with moms. And the first, I call it um, brainwashing. And so before we go to bed, like, I just want to drop some nuggets for moms who are listening and like, and it doesn't matter how old you are, like, Mom brain is something that lasts the rest of your life. They've done longitudinal studies, and it does not return to normal. So, so here I am, like I'm in my 50s. There's moms inside a university, 60s, 70s, even 80s, who are learning these strategies, and it's changing their lives. So sleeplessness, fatigue, exhaustion is a real problem. Yeah. And one thing we do is before you go to bed, practice brainwashing. Now, Psalms tells us that he blesses his beloved in sleep, right? Right. It's a gift. Even when... Yeah. Even when he cut that covenant with Abraham, what was Abraham doing? He was sleeping. And so we don't have to, like, hustle and grind to get that blessing of God. We can get it in our sleep. So one thing I recommend for moms to do is before they go to bed, make a conscious decision. God, thank you that you are awake while I sleep. I roll every care over unto you right now. I empty them out of my head. I empty it out of my heart. And I thank you that you are solving problems I don't have. You're coming up with solutions to things I don't even know exist. You're guarding my children. You're guarding my home. You're guarding my finances. And you're watching out for me, solving every single situation for me while I'm asleep. Yep. And I we, love it. Because we carry our burdens to bed, and then we start meditating on it. And guess what goes is hardwired into your subconscious? All of that turmoil. Yeah. You don't want and you're hardwired into the consciences. That is so very true. I, I think of the verse from Psalm 3, as you were talking, where where David said, I lay myself down and I sleep and I awake for the Lord has sustained me. And boy, Woo! that is powerful when we realize that during our rest, when we are completely out of it, offering nothing in the game at all because we are asleep there, the Lord is still watching over us and sustaining our lives, and we wake. Mm, he is so good. He, he is, is, and He is so faithful. Now, you have this thing called Mom's Mastery University. Tell us about that. 
Okay, so Mom Mastery University. If you go to Mom Mastery, right there. So we have an entire university for moms. And you get it. And so all moms are different. So we actually have six different tracks that you can get started in. If you want to change your home, if you want to get, you know, decluttered, get organized, there's this track. If you want the emotional help with depression or anxiety or anger, there's that track. If you want to get your, you know, lose some weight, get your energy back, there's that track. So we have six different tracks and you get on with your customized training. But the one, I think one of the coolest things about it. I coach live every single Monday, but also you have your sisterhood. And I think it is the most powerful sorority. Like we have companions going through life that lift us up and expect more from us. And I think that is one of the game changers. I call it a sorority, like we, but a powerful sorority of faith-based people who really are cheering you on. But it's become like this amazing, just, these women from all over the globe, like different countries, different parts of the United States, and all there to really become not just the best moms they can be, but the best women they can be. And it's done some incredible things. We're just so excited about it. Well, you've done a lot of interviews with some very well-known names. One that has been on my program is John Tesh. Have you been able to work directly with John? I mean, we just, we've talked. We've shared information. He's an amazing guy. He's and wonderful. Yeah, he's yeah. on the podcast. So much fun. I had no idea everything he'd gone through, but it's, he's got an incredible story. And he does. I mean, he was kind of almost given a terminal sentence, a diagnosis that I it's know. not going to end well. <clears throat> and here he is. He's still around. He's still doing it. God healed him. And it's just a marvelous story to see how the Lord does this. And uh, this that's happened to you. You had no idea when you were in that one situation, looking at the mirror and having that laundry, you had no idea that one day you were going to be uh, leading a university of helping moms and helping them overcome some of life's biggest hurdles in their lives. That's amazing. We're so excited. And we just launched our podcast to help moms, Mom Mastery University. And we're just using every avenue that God is giving us to reach moms wherever they are. Because here's, I think moms grossly underestimate the power that they have and the impact that they have on this world. Like, think about it. We are the shapers of our future generations. That is exactly right. yeah, I think that's why, like, moms are under the radar, like, Satan has it out for them. If he can get to the moms, he can change the whole family dynamic, yeah. and he can change the children. He can change the future. So that's why I tell moms, like, you know what, as soon as you have that baby, you popped up on Satan's radar, and he's going to do everything he can to try to get you depressed, anxious, uh, tired, frustrated, angry, because if he can get to you, he can get to every single person that you have influence over, which is huge. So I think that's why, you know, this ministry is directly for moms to help change the families, change the communities, change countries, change the world. Wow, that is so encouraging, I think inspiring. And I, I know that you've written books that go along with some of these themes. Tell us about the books you've written. Well, one of the, I think the most powerful book and I've got a funny story about this, too. It's called Mom Fog. And it's basically an eight-step, step-by-step plan 
to get over mom fatigue syndrome, which is which is what happens after we have a baby and we don't know how to work with our brain. So all of that is inside. We even have a mom fog challenge you can get in. Um, super inexpensive. Just get in and work with you for 30 days. But the crazy thing, Mike, is I had a contract with like the biggest publishing house, biggest Christian publishing house, right? And I had already gotten like a $50,000 check just for signing on to write this book. Wow. I I know, like, cool, right? Very cool. I was so excited, went out and spent that $50,000, bought new furniture, everything. I was so excited. Then I turned in the book, and I'll never forget the conversation. They called, and I was in my office, and I remember, I remember talking with them, and they're like, hey, we have some issues with the book. And I said, oh, my gosh, what? This is what we contracted for? I I shared, you know, my strategies for helping all these moms. And like, yeah, but we don't like some of the words like abundance and prosperity. I said, but all of that is biblical. Like, yeah, but we just, we know our audience and we want to change it around. And so we're going to change some of these steps and we can even hire a ghostwriter. You don't even have to do it. I'm like, but wait, that's like my proprietary method to help moms. Would you have to change the method that I've established to help all these moms? Yeah, we do want to change it. And I remember hanging up from that. And I'll talk to my husband. I was like, I don't know what to do. I feel sick. Like I was physically sick. He said, Hannah, you know what you have to do. Dude, I had to get a loan, buy my rights back, and publish the book. Because it was literally like too powerful for them to publish. And that's what they said. They said, this is, this is too powerful. This is too... Um, yeah, that was the word they used. It's just too powerful. We want to help moms like do your dishes, do this. Like, no, moms need help with their psyche, with their, with their internal state, with what's going on in their head. So anyway, bought my rights back. We self-published. And to this day, I think, I think at the last count, we've made almost like half a million just from self-publishing. Like look at what God will do. We stick to your guns. And when you know what's going to help mom. It's amazing that they let you buy your rights back for the book. I know, right? Right? Because I was like, I, I, if you're going to change it, I, I will refuse. I, I'm not going to let that out there because this is powerful stuff. And I want to make sure the right stuff gets into the right hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to do that. It was so, um, it was one of the scariest moves I made. And, um, but God was all over it. Like he's our source. And so I was like, God, okay, you got this. How much time does it take from your standpoint to get started for a mom that's hearing this? I'd like to kind of take away all of the obstacles that we could, but for a mom that is right now feeling overwhelmed, maybe just exactly as you were feeling that day, you cast that glance over toward that mirror and there's moms out there hearing you talk today and they are equally overwhelmed apart from the Lord speaking and hopefully he will the way he did with you. What first steps do you advise people to take? I mean, hearing this might be the Lord speaking to you, you know, this might be it. And I, I promise you it can happen before you go to bed. Like, so inside Mom Mastery, we have 12-week tracks. So literally within 12 weeks, your life will look completely different. Like 90 days from now, it will look completely different. Get in. Like, love yourself and your family and your future enough to get in and start that 12-week track. But I will tell you this. What is one thing you can do? 
before you go to bed. Not a big thing. One thing. Is it just to fold a load of laundry? Maybe it's just to clean out the dishes from your sink. Maybe it's just, you know what, let's just open up all the bills and just put them in order of how we need to pay it. Whatever it is, do that one small task. You can say, I can do this. I'm Nothing's wrong with me. I am not I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. I am perfectly able to do the task in front of me. Do that one thing and then let God lead you to the next. That's awesome. Now, tell us the website, how people can find out about Mom's Mastery, how uh, people can find your books. Where can they go? Absolutely. So Mom's Mastery is just Mom Mastery, M-O-M-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. But that's my university to get in immediately and get the help. But I will tell you, every single Monday, I do a mom boot camp, a five-day. Like, I, I coach you for five days live every single week. So before next Friday, your life could look totally different. So if you get it, and that's just mombootcamp.com. Get inside, get plugged in, and, yeah, we launch it this coming Monday. You know, it's a perfect time because when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking about the fact that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And that's a time that everyone in America, not just Christian people, but everybody, they're thinking about their relationships. They're wanting to maybe build more romance and fire in the marriage. This is a perfect time to do what you're saying. They've got enough time to be different by Valentine's Day. Hannah Keeley is my guest. I'll be back with her in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. Back again with author and speaker and really a, a president of a university. How about that? I mean, this lady has a lot of job descriptions and she wears a lot of hats. Uh, Hannah Keeley is one that is dedicated not only unto the Lord, but to be a servant of the Lord as she helps moms all across our country and beyond. Uh, she is the number one mom's coach. I don't know where or how you got that title, but that's what is out there. And I know that you've written these books. The books are great. Uh, your online presence, you mentioned that would have been now last week for the beginning of this uh, podcast. By the time this airs, uh, this will be a couple of days old. Tell us about the podcast. Absolutely. So Mom Master University, we, we launched a brand new podcast. And every single week, you have trainings on everything to help you in every area of your life. So our most recent one, and that's the one, if you like tune in right now, you're going to see the seven princess wounds. So every month we do a new series. And the month throughout February and March, actually, it's a two-parter, is all about healing those subconscious wounds we have in childhood that we don't even know we have. And I'll walk you through it step by step. Get in there. Get the podcast. 
sit down with paper and pencil because this isn't just entertaining, it's transformational. And when you go through that, you, you know, there may be some pattern you have in your life that's coming up in your marriage. You know, why do you sabotage relationships? Why do you lose your patience? Why do you start things you can't finish? It could be because some type of childhood trauma you were exposed to, consciously or unconsciously, left a wound there that you haven't healed from. So that's what we're doing throughout February and March is we're healing those princess wounds so we can become the queens that God designed us to be. Wow, that is very creative, and what wonderful aims. And I know when you have a lady that is feeling like you were depressed and feeling really just no energy at all, to have these kind of changes hit, that's got to be like a new lease on life, right? Oh, it's so exciting. It's just to see, like I remember this one woman, Nettie, um, she got into our university. She was living with her um, in-laws with all of her kids and her husband and, and just a couple of rooms there. She was frustrated. She was in anguish. She was actually had suicidal thoughts going on in her head. She just wanted to escape. She got into our university and now to this day, she went through our coaching program and now she's coaching moms. And to see that, like just she said, now I'm having fun with my kids. Like, I thought kids were just a nuisance, and I just wanted to escape from them. Now she's having fun with her kids. Like, seeing a story like that, that's what it's all about. And yeah, now you turn I around, really. and you're helping other moms as a result of your transformation. There's nothing more powerful. You know, it's so wonderful. We have uh, three adult girls, uh, children 46 down to 32, and they love their mom. And they love their dad, too, I might add. But that's not what I'm the point I'm making here. They have a relationship because Cindy selflessly gave her life to these kids and to our son as well, who is uh, living in Texas. And these kids, they adore their mom. And what you said uh, about a mom, the way she should feel about her kids it, that's exactly what Cindy has projected all these years. And, you know, just like if a person invests money and they see the compound interest uh, take place over time, it's, it's just amazing what happens with the investment that a mom with her heart in the right place, healed by God, the way you're describing that you're helping people get in that kind of condition to then be at the point where Cindy is and adult children she has three best friends that all happen to be her daughters. Mm, that is so much fun. I love that because my seven kids, my youngest is 18, my oldest is 30, and I have more fun with them. I would prefer to hang out with them than anyone else on the planet because it's so much fun. That is wonderful. Seven kids. I, I think uh, you have gained the respect of all of our listeners because if you can do all of this, and be a mom of seven kids. There's something going on for you there, Hannah. Now, one of the things that I do want to get to, and that is the fact that we are talking about that very special time, February 14th. Uh, my wife's birthday is just two days before, so we get to celebrate both of those big events just two days apart. But yet, so many people are in their marriages, and they're not they're not really enjoying what it could be, what it should be. And I know that you help couples with the areas of intimacy, their sexual life. And, and that's something that so many people are living far, far, far below where God wants them, right? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. And like we are given to each other to enjoy. And so my husband and I, we've been married over 33 years. And honestly, you can believe it or not, but we never fought. Now, the, the beauty of that is we've learned to invest in our marriage. We've learned to invest in ourselves, to understand how to communicate, to understand how to respect one another, to love one another, and to enjoy and appreciate one another. But this is, this is not like people always think, oh, we just fell out of love. No, you didn't. You fell out of skill. You have got to continue to work. Not, I don't even want to call it work. To appreciate this beautiful union that you have available to you. And so one thing like around Valentine's Day, it's almost like it can be potentially destructive, I think, to a marriage. Because it's like, okay, here's our one day that we're romantic and that we're listening to each other and we're going to go on a date. What happens to the other 364 days? That's a good question. You know? Yeah. And, and so we have got to understand, I get out of everything what I put into it. So what are you putting into your marriage? How are you praying for your spouse? How are you loving your spouse? How are you listening to your spouse? How are you honoring your spouse? Because we make up these stories in our head about I'm not valued, I'm not appreciated, not respected. And then they just become real to us, and we become a victim of these stories. And then we start playing them out in our lives. But what if you could change the story? What if you could flip the script? And so we have to start thinking more creatively in our marriages and saying, what would I want to create? What would I want my marriage to be like? And now I'm not going to change my partner. I'm going to change me. It mm-hmm. never is changing your partner. Of course, everyone's like, if my partner were blah, 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 it'd be perfect. No, it wouldn't be because you wouldn't have changed. You know, the, the change, people would say, I can almost hear some people saying, I'm willing to make the changes, but I'm just exhausted. I am just out of energy. Uh, the intimacy does not seem possible like uh, I once thought it was. What do you say to people like that? Well, you know, I think, see, it's funny. You can look at it two different ways. So you can look at sex and intimacy as something that takes energy out of your life, or you can look at it as something that puts energy back in. There you go. So what is it? So again, it's all the story we've made up around it. If sex becomes something like, oh, yeah, we got to hit our, you know, weekly, uh, you know, got to have our one, two uh, sex encounters a week. It almost becomes like a burden. It becomes like a have to. Like and now I'm I'm obligated, right? Like a checklist, if, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what if instead it becomes wait, this is actually a source of energy. Look at what happens in intimacy. You're connected. You've got endorphins flowing. You're in a flow state. You're not um, stressing out. You're releasing anxiety. All of these positive things like God meant for sex to be something enjoyable in the marriage. Let's not forget that. In the marriage. There you go. He's going to bless sex in the marriage. Please, everyone listening, like, get that understood. But sex and marriage is a energy rejuvenator. And so that's so like, can't have enough at that point. It's like, hey, I love this. This is doing something for my mind, for my body. I'm engaged. I'm connected. And now I, I think, like, intimacy is a gold mine. We just haven't like mind for it. We haven't understood the proper context of intimacy and marriage. Why do you think that happens with so many couples? 
oh, I think we're indoctrinated. Like, look at culture. Sex outside of marriage is exciting, it's provocative, it's entertaining, it's fun, everyone's doing it. Sex in marriage, where do you hear the excitement? Where do you hear the, the thrill of that it? That is so true. In fact, you know, and, and, and we we start to believe all these cultural influences. Yeah, and just like the enemy is cannot create anything, so he takes everything God creates and distorts it just enough to be believable. Well, Hollywood not only makes fun of anybody that's married or has any kind of values in their life, but they certainly make fun of the whole marriage act with. Per- Pertaining to uh, intimacy and romance, uh, that's just like uh, presented as if that's gone the moment you say I do. Isn't that sad? Like that, I, I just think that's such a pitiful state of our culture because as much as I have coached people and I have coached thousands of people, it, the primary sex problems are the ones that happen before you're married. Hmm. But 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 we don't we don't our culture doesn't talk about that. Sex outside of marriage is is fun, it's exciting, everyone's doing it. That's not true. First of all, it's not. Sex inside marriage, the freedom we have. My husband and I, we are the only partners that we've ever had. So now I'm not no judgment against someone who has had multiple partners. No judgment. There's no condemnation. God can restore anything. But what I'm saying is that freedom that we have in intimacy. That's what God desires. Yeah. Like that freedom where we can just live that abundance of emotional, physical connection. And that's what God desires for his people. And I know you must cover this because for those that were not so fortunate, maybe they didn't have training, maybe they weren't believers. But uh, again, this sadly is a fact that even in churches with people who should have known better, they find themselves almost participating to the same degree that people outside of the church do. So what do you tell people who were not uh, virgins at marriage and what do you how do you coach the ladies to believe that it can be as if they were from the standpoint well, you know, of, just, of joy? I love that God makes everything new. So, of course, it's, you know, my husband and I, we get it. We're a rare breed. Like, we, we fell in love in college, um, started dating there, got married. So we're, we're rare. I get it. But even if you've had multiple partners, understand that God can renew everything in your life. If you submit to him, if you say, God, I repent from that. Like I didn't realize that my body is your temple. I didn't realize how my sexuality is, is a, is a pleasure to, to actually bring me closer to you, to bring me into that abundant life. I didn't realize. And so God is never going to hold anything over. It's like, well, should have known better. I mean, we already talked about that. If you had, you could, if you could have, you would have. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And so that freedom of no condemnation, but start now. Say, God, I want to dedicate this to you, and I want to enjoy this in you. We don't speak enough about the pleasure of sex inside marriage. Very rarely is that spoken about. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I heard a person, I'm not exactly sure I'll be able to quote it exactly, but he said this. He said to the wives and to the young men as well, if you weren't virginal before, live as if you were, and then only 
give yourself to your your husband or your wife, whichever it is. And, you know, I think that goes back. I mean, talk about how far we've come. Our culture right now is taking away even the the husband and wife standpoint of of marriage. And it's it's really crazy to think about where all this could go. But we need to return to to the Bible. We need to return to stories like the Song of Solomon and say to God, Lord, I want to be like that person. And the guys need to identify with the guy and the and the girls the girl. And let's understand that it is what you said. It's God's will for us to enjoy this gift that he has given us. Right. Absolutely. And what culture doesn't understand, like you'll hear culture or modern culture say, well, less most people are getting married. They're like, well, what's the big deal about a certificate? Like, okay, so my state says I'm married, so I have the certificate, so I'm legal now. Like, that means nothing. I get it. Marriage, if you really want to think about it, God considers you married when you have sex. So that is a covenant that you seal when you have sex. So if you have this culture that's like, oh, multiple partners, I'll try out all these people, and and let's see if we click, and all of a sudden you have sealed covenants with all these people. And that's why you sometimes feel lost, why you can't find the pleasure in sex, why it feels empty, why you feel you're missing something. But again, God can restore all of that. Right. I believe it. I believe he that's his heart. That's his desire. Hannah Keeley, we're about out of time. Give us your website one more time. Absolutely. Well, you can go to hannahkeely.com, but if you really want to like if you're ready to do something, I want you to do something. Like, let's take action. Go to Mom Boot Camp. Get enrolled. We kick off this Monday. It's like $5. If, if, if $5 is too much to spend on you and your future and your family, like, okay, we, we definitely aren't clicking right now. So get in Mom Boot Camp. We kick off this Monday. If you're ready, just go ahead and get in the university. Go to mommastery.com. And I'll see you on Monday. Uh, This has been great. Hannah, I look forward to having you back on. Thank you and congratulations on your new podcast. And we'll have to have you back on Afternoons with Mike. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd.